episode of the Super Awkward Funcast with your host, Elle Latham. And it's been quite a doozy of a year, so we're going to get right into this one in November. So we're in November now of this shit storm that is 2020. And I'm going to speak about health today, because I never do that. So I'm going to have an interview and we are going to discuss COVID and what helps to relieve stress, what helps to boost your immune system at this time. Um, so tune in for that in just a sec. Thank you so much for listening and we're going to get right into it. Um, this is Matthew Crowfoot, our guest for today. Thank you guys for listening. I was just introducing you. Delightfully awkward, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your um, habitual health uh, coach situation, what you do. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm going to give a little intro here. So my name is Matthew Crowfoot. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, a holistic health coach, and an entity healer. I coach people who are stressed, tired, and frustrated to help create empowered diet, mindset, and lifestyle shifts so they can experience more peace, energy, and abundant health in their lives. I also help people overcome limiting beliefs, trauma, and fears by energetically reprogramming their subconscious. You can find out more information and testimonials on my website at habitualhealth.com. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. We are not doctors, so um, take everything with a grain of salt, just like you should in your daily life. <laughs> so getting into it, I wanted to do an episode where I discussed the health aspect of the situation that we're in with the pandemic of COVID-19 and how to prevent, hopefully prevent or de-stress from the situation um, in ways that, you know, would benefit you health-wise, like what what kind of measures would be taken to keep yourself as healthy as possible during this period. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a really great thing that everyone is looking for right now. Yeah. Um, so... A lot of people talk about vitamin D being good for um, boosting your immune system and um, getting the right nutrition and zinc, I've heard mentioned as well. Is there anything you would like to discuss about that? Yeah, actually, those are, as far as supplements go, those are probably two of the highest ones on my, uh, on my list. 
modulates your immune system and is probably one of the most important things you can do. Um, I just saw this study that just came out and someone was proposing, was basically sending it out saying there's a new vaccine that has this ridiculous success rate and explained all the benefits of it. And then he said, if you read this report, just replace the word vaccine with vitamin D. <laughs> and okay, the study is that vitamin D does all this stuff. We don't need this vaccine. We need adequate levels of vitamin D, which in our society, especially in America, we're very deficient in almost everyone has very low levels of vitamin D, right? Yeah. The other big problem is we're being asked to stay at home. Yes. And people are sitting inside with their drapes closed and, you know, watching Netflix and not getting out uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, fear of just getting out there or just also trying to honor the recommendations from our officials. And unfortunately, that has the, the side, side effect of actually priming us for lower immunity and creating other situations that like loneliness and you know lack of purpose and direction all these things are lack of human connection yeah um, it gets all a lot sicker unfortunately so uh you know like the cure is almost worse than than the uh you know you know what they're suggesting we do so not do. <laughs> yeah i my issue, one of my issues with the whole, um, well, masks and, and being uh, fearful of going out in public and that sort of thing is these young children who who have just been introduced to the world are going to grow up in a very different world than we did and will have significantly worse immune systems, mainly. So they will be more prone to to disease if they don't get the vaccine which is probably just going to solve everything right so um that's what they say <laughs> a 95 percent effective vaccine for a 99 percent lethal disease or you know when you say 99 unlethal you mean oh right sorry no 99 recovery <laughs> like rate <laughs> Like, 1% lethal. I fucked that up. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, I curse sometimes. But, uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other uh, wormhole we'll get into, I'm sure. But to talk about yeah, the kids, we've already seen this happening already with um, just the over-sterilization of our environment, the excessive hand-washing. Yeah. And, like, using, like, uh, anti- Biotic, you know, hand sanitizer over the last decade or, or longer. Which is I so weird because it's not antiviral, it's antibacterial. Yeah, I mean, this is even pre COVID though, but the problem is that we're stripping away the microbiome, which is the bacteria that grows on our skin, which actually helps keep us healthy. Yeah. Humans are meant to like dig in the dirt and like, you know, have a little bit of challenge to our immune system, and that's actually what keeps it strong. And it's called hormesis. It's a hermetic stressor. So mild stressor makes us stronger, whereas an overwhelming stressor will you know, make us weaker. Um, so what we've done is we've removed a lot of the mild stressors uh, that were actually serving us, and we've replaced them with chronic long-term uh, stressors that we find in modern life. And the combination is starting to become deadly, fortunately. And like you 
overprotectiveness of parents. I remember mm-hmm. I, I grew up in the seventies when you know like there wasn't seatbelts. There was you know like you're encouraged to lick lead paint walls for fun and just like <laughs> whatever. Pretty much, parents were just like overwhelmed and just trying to get by, and they weren't obsessed over like child safety like they are nowadays. I, I ate dirt when I was a child. Like, I was straight up, like, yeah. in the dirt, eating stuff from the ground. And yeah. you say that yeah. now. Like, it's now insane. It's <laughs> Everybody ate dirt. It was a, it was a thing. <laughs> and then you would play, like, outside. Like, I would play near a lake or whatever, like, swinging from a, a rope and stuff. Like, dangerous stuff. And, you know, you get hurt, and then you get back up, and and play some more these kids don't even play anymore like they're trying to take away their experience their lived experience is going to be completely different than ours than than this generation before them and like with the school learning like they're going to do it virtually in so many places and it's just like that's not the same and then you have the internet connection which could come in and out like and you have the hacking situation that happened like recently um where like a lot of people like bad actors will get into the stream and start you know messing things up for the the class and it's just it's like that's not what it's supposed to be and that's another you know argument for homeschooling in my opinion because like that's just the best way to get the most information most accurate information is everything's like at our fingertips anyway it's like book form and and on the internet i mean if they don't change it you can always go to archive.org i guess and um the wayback machine but you can get you can self-educate at this point um that is possible so what what do we need Exactly. Things that will help you in your daily life. And isn't just propaganda. Or just boring facts that aren't highly useful to the happy We really need the, the human, the manual of being human. And like that kind of stuff isn't taught. Like yeah. How to, like, how to handle your emotions or express them you know, positively uh, is one thing that isn't taught. Right? That is very useful. And so we repress our emotions yeah. throughout a lifetime. And I think that has an impact on the crime rate as well, which is very beneficial to the people in charge who, who make the money off of the crimes, off of the, the, the imprisonment of these children or these juveniles and everything. You know, cash for kids and all that. Yeah, home learning uh, via internet, you, know, you have the ele- EMS, the electromagnetic frequency. Mm-hmm. That's, we're, we're all exposed to the stuff, especially as adults. Uh, but now as kids, you know, they had, they had a lot of time when they weren't exposed to it at school, at least. And that's probably the only time they weren't, right? So now it's yeah. 24 day. And also things like we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, younger, the younger generations don't have the same social skills that they uh, probably should have. And now being separated by screens takes away a lot of the subtle cues and the energy that people used to communicate. So we're becoming even more like more disconnected from each other yeah and then i think that 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 the mask does a lot of that too in 
and they're prepared for it, the, the people who are ushering in this biometric era, which is going to be happening very soon, is, you know, I, I look at a lot of what's going on on my biometricupdate.com with all of the different countries getting all this technology, and they have a lot of facial recognition technology right now, which is going to bypass the face and just go straight into the retina. So that's how they're going to... Um, identify people so they've been ready for this mask uh, revolution whatever this is that people are very okay with masks all of a sudden like not overnight but like it it was surprisingly simple how how people changed it was surprising to me even though I expected something to this effect because we in the very beginning of the pandemic and everything when it was here in in California, but it wasn't as big a deal. It was the Diamond Princess, you know, cruise ship and everything happening there. And we knew that it was in California, but it wasn't like this fearful thing yet. Um, somebody in my office came down sick. We got sick multiple times. A lot of people got sick, like, over a short amount of time, like, one after the other. Where it was like, hmm, what's going around right now? We all just thought it was like the flu. And then I got sick later. But this person got sick and they were told to, t to wear a mask. Like, just to cover their face and everything. And by the way, they probably should have because they were sneezing in people's direction. Like coughing. And they probably gave it to me, to be honest. Because they were next to me. And um, they were coughing. I don't know if they were coughing or sneezing, but... They did it in my direction without covering their mouth, which I hate, which I hated before all of this. And even when I got sick, I would go outside and I would, I would go outside to sneeze or go outside to cough because I knew that everybody was getting sick and I was being very careful. And it just seems like, I mean, even before COVID, that's just poor form and everyone kind of knows it's sick just to, but you're not come in, but the, the American work ethic and the sphere of like, mm -hmm. you know, It's weird. It's like we don't put an emphasis on actually performance and doing things. It's more like if I'm in my desk, yeah. sitting there, everything's fine as long as I'm there for like the allotted hours. Yep. Uh, as opposed to like, hey, I'll take the day off and like get meet my milestones that I've set for myself with my magic. That's not how it is. Um, yeah, definitely the, the sneezing is probably the highest uh, vector way of, of catching COVID because just yeah. so many particles at such high speed are released and also the coughing. And then in, mixed with an indoor situation, especially being next to the person, it's almost like guaranteed you're going to get whatever they got. Um, but I got it early. Thankfully, it was like February, end of February. I had it for a couple of weeks. I, w I couldn't speak for a few days. And I still had to work. I mean, I didn't have to work, but I, I went to work because, well, the first day I had a fever. So I went home early, way early. I like got there and I didn't feel well and then I went home. And then the next time I came back and I just didn't have much of a voice and I had to have one because I, I work in a customer service kind of thing where I deal with selling things. So I was selling tickets, which won't be happening anytime soon to the LA Phil. And um, then I, I had to just adjust to that and it was just something that everybody was doing. Like the the bosses like it wasn't a culture where you're not allowed to be here sick like people were there sick 
they they were giving it to each other. So we just thought that it was the flu or whatever. It was not even a, a concern of anything else. But, you know, we learned our lesson pretty quick. And then we found out quickly that it was a pandemic and it was going to really mess up our business. But at first, what's funny is that we had a meeting with my boss, my, my head boss, and my head boss in the meeting was like, you know what, this will blow over. <laughs> this is nothing. Don't worry about it. They're going to be concerned, but don't worry about it. We're doing social distancing. So we did the social distancing thing, which was almost impossible in my office because there's a lot of human contact, and we didn't know that until then. <laughs> um, that has to be done to get orders done and everything. So there was a whole process that we had to go through. And then people just kept getting really upset on the phone. They were like, why are you even open and all this stuff? Ugh, it was really, really bad. And then eventually we stopped working. Um, and then we were gonna, we were gonna come back the next day. I, I think we went home one day early through the, bo the main boss, like the, the boss of my boss. He came and he's like, shut it down. Or he, 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 not him, this other guy came who speaks for him, who's, who, who's basically the supervisor of everything. So he came in and he's like, shut it down. We can't do this anymore. We're going to go home. But anyway, that was that. So, um, getting into that, but like we had like all these specifications of what we were supposed to do. We couldn't do everything. So we shut it down and it wasn't working and people were scared on the phone. So then it was at that time where we were like, we're kind of going to come in the next day. And they fuck, they laid off a lot of people and didn't lay me off before this. And those people were laid off right before the, the, what was it called? The shutdown, the, the stay at home thing. So we, we got in and then we got out because then Gavin Newsom came out and he was like, everything's shut down. Um, that was like March late March, early March, mid-March, mid-March. And then I was like, well, I'm out of a job. And then as close as it, it, get, it kept getting closer and closer to, to November. And I was like, I haven't heard from my boss in a long time. I don't even know how many of my coworkers are alive right now because <laughs> I've worked with a lot of elderly people in this business. And I don't know if my business will survive that, that I'm in and fundraising, which I'm in, I'm hoping that comes back and it hasn't happened remotely. Like I'm one of those jobs where they just don't care. They're just like, fuck it. Just put them on unemployment. <laughs> and then they just don't do remote work. So puts us in a pickle. So some other people have been able to do things, but I've just kind of been unemployed for a long time and trying to figure out the future with the limited information that I have about it. Well, actually, it's not that limited. I have a lot of information about it, but it is very overwhelming because, like, day by day, it's getting more dystopic because this vaccine, and they're already talking about the travel, like, the the pass that you're going to have, and Clear was already ready for that because Clear has been in the airports for a long time, and that's a biometrically kind of um, new kind of technology that uses your... What does it use some kind of data from you and and you know allows you to get on the plane or whatever but you don't need to do it you just 
you, they made it so that if you use this system that you'll get perks like you'll get a head in line in the security or whatever the fact that we even have such a ridiculous security process with the TSA I mean I can't imagine because I never flew before so I don't know what it was like pre 9-11 but it had to be better than it is now and how many terrorists have been taken care of right now you're just paying to get to the final line it's like really easy yeah Capitalism. Creating a you know classes system, but um. Anyway, sorry. Oh no no, I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the system we live in. It's very classes. We like to judge other countries, but our country is pretty stupid too <laughs> when it comes to that. Um, like castes in in India, we have our own caste system. It's it's a lot more ingrained in society that there are haves and have-nots. And then they're talking about, like, with the vaccine, who's going to get it first and all of that. I'm not getting it, period. Thank you very much. I've never gotten a flu shot, and I'm fine. Like, I, before this, I wasn't really sick that much. And this was the, the sickest I had been since I was a child and I had the flu. So this was, like, the worst flu I've had, which was coronavirus, which was before it got mutated and all that stuff. I don't know how it would have been later, but... And then, you know, you lose your taste and all that. Like, I didn't lose anything, thankfully. So, just my voice. <laughs> and well, so, so, let's talk about the losing of the taste. So, yes. And we talked earlier about zinc. And often, a, a major sign of zinc deficiency is actually loss of taste and loss uh-huh. of smell. So, the people that are losing their taste, I think, are actually really zinc deficient to begin with. Hmm. Uh, so, zinc is one of the other really popular recommendations for boosting your immune system and actually literally it has antiviral you know capabilities within the cell so you know we're all zinc deficient as well in this country and uh, I definitely recommend that people consider supplementing zinc one of the cool things you can do with zinc is uh, I use a a thing called a zinc taste test where you get um, a certain kind of zinc mixed with water and then you taste it and it tastes like absolutely horrible you just want to spit it out, then you, you're zinc sufficient. You don't need any more right now. Uh, you're getting enough from your diet. But if it tastes like water or if it tastes sweet, then you do need more. And so that relies on the body's inherent uh, intelligence to tell you, yes, I need this or I don't need this, uh, as opposed to just randomly supplementing. So I think that you know, zinc is definitely important. And uh, the other thing is that one of the popular treatments in the hospitals is that hydrochloroquine mixed with zinc and a few a few other things. And what's interesting about it is I think zinc is doing the heavy lifting, but we have to throw in a pharmaceutical just to make it legit, right? Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, oh, zinc, zinc and vitamin D are not enough. You know, these things have served us for for our, you know eons. Uh, it's not enough. We need some sort of man-made pharmaceutical mixed in. Uh, what's interesting about that pharmaceutical is that it actually bring zinc into the cell like to like really high degrees so basically makes zinc much more absorbable i think that's why it's has higher efficacy than um, maybe zinc by itself so so i think that's kind of interesting i think that's why people are losing their taste as well because they're just all the zinc is being sucked up to deal with the infection ah well since this has started like since the stay at home thing ha- happened i had decided to i've i've 
used vitamins before, multivitamins, and I was like, well, I got to get back on that again, and I got to make sure that I can get a month's supply every month. And that's what I've done. I've gotten my, well, they're gummies because I can't really handle swallowing um, capsules. It's a long, it's not a long story. I just can't. <laughs> I've just never been able to. So I got like these vegan gummies. I'm vegan, by the way. But I got these vegan gummies and at first they were really good. And now the last batch that I bought are like, they're missing a coating and you can tell. <laughs> And it's like, whoa, that's a lot of cherries. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not, I'm not a cherry person. So I was like really liking the gel thing that they had on top of it. But they didn't have it on this one. And I was like, well, they just messed up, I guess. But that was really tough to, to get used to. <laughs> but it, it, it does have good zinc and it has um, like 120% D3 and all these other things. I don't know if D3, vitamin D3 is any better than... Or is any it was as good as vitamin D regular, but that's yeah, what it has. Form as vitamin D three, and it's also good to pair it with vitamin K two. So mm-hmm. uh, good supplement will have that for extra absorption. I like to use a, a supplement called Quicksilver Nano Emulsified Vitamin D three slash K two. It's a pump that has this uh, kind of like uh, like slightly flavored. Um, it's like a little liquid, just squirt it under your tongue and it absorbs, uh, it uses liposomal technology, so it puts the particles in these little fat envelopes basically and they get absorbed through the mucous membranes of your uh, cheek or, or mouth and then it goes right into the bloodstream. So you kind of avoid, you know, like going through the stomach where a lot, or through the digestive tract where a lot of people have poor absorption. Mm-hmm. So that's an alternative if you don't not like to swallow capsules. Um, and usually, I think up to five, like five thousand IU is a is a reasonable, um, you know, kind of mid range dose. Uh, anything over ten thousand, I would get a uh, go to your doctor and get a test first. And a lot of times, they'll do those for free, so or for cheap. Yeah. Or or they might even say you don't need it because everyone's deficient. So why should we bother? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, then why only solve them? Oh dear. Yeah. So anyway, so those are two supplement things you can do. Um, let's talk about uh, sunlight a little bit too. While we're yeah, on yeah, because I've heard a lot of uh, information about that as well. Like that really does make a difference, and UV light as well. Yeah. Well, so one of the big things is just we actually manufacture our own D three. So getting out in the sun, getting that sun on your skin, especially on your torso, if you can. Um, you know. This is one of the problems with the media is we've been scared to death of things that are actually good for us. So, like, being afraid of the sun, which we, like, co- co-evolved with for, like, you know, eons, is like, wow, really? We're supposed to be afraid of this? Uh, it's actually, like, essential for health, and it really charges and powers our body. It helps create, like, D, like I said, through the mm-hmm. skin. It brightens your mood, and it just does all this amazing stuff. Um, you know, like, our plant, planet is powered by it. All the food we grow is powered by it. So, you know, you can be sensible about it if you if you get a sunburn and you've gotten too much sun. But uh, going in, you know, out in the morning, uh, up until like you know starts getting hot, you know, that's a, a good time to be out. You know, uh, getting that sun and then when it's ridiculously hot, people usually would find shade to avoid it because 
you know, it's just that they get sunburned or, or it's just too hot. And so just listen to your body. It'll tell you if you want the sun or not. You don't have to smear, you know, like all these potentially cancer, you know, cancer-causing agents on your body that are supposed to block the sun but cause more problems, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so I definitely think that that's a critical step. But also, a couple other things is that, like I said, we're sitting in these dark rooms at home and not going out in the world because we're afraid. We're, we're missing that sun, and that can make people quite ill over time. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is uh, having a really positive, like having a good circadian rhythm. So circadian rhythm is like how the, the 24-hour clock we have, right? So yeah. as the sun rises, it encourages our body to wake up and we start producing cortisol uh, the pineal gland notices the difference in light and we start to wake up and then as the day ends we start producing more melatonin naturally the sunlight goes down and we you know kind of get drift off into a relaxed state and then eventually to sleep so people that don't have a good working circadian rhythm have all kinds of problems like all kinds of stress-based illnesses and stuff and especially like shift workers and stuff so so with the COVID recommendations, almost encouraging like bad circadian rhythm yeah. um, habit people, and I think that's one of the simplest things you can do is just get back on a simple like sun-based, um, you know, like 24-hour clock. Getting that early sunlight in your eyes is really good to tell your brain, hey, it's morning now. So. Mm-hmm. And then also like I think what also scares me about the recommendations. And not necessarily in this country because I don't think it's as as bad, but in other countries like uh, South Australia <laughs> countries, I meant uh, you know in that continent, <laughs> in that in that section of the continent, and um, in Victoria before, they had restricted movement. So they would say like five kilometers. I say kilometers <laughs> away. You can't go f- that far away from your house. You can't walk that far. So uh-huh. you have to stay within the the parameters that we tell you to stay within. And that's where it gets to, like, really unconstitutional, really illegal kind of, like, how much control are they going to take? And you can't really give, you can't give them control. They can only take it. That's how I viewed it and how I put it. Um, but that's... Well, by compliance, people are giving it. They're giving away the control. They're losing it. They're losing their control. I, that's how I view it. As soon as you let someone take power over you and tell you what to do, then you are losing control. You are losing control of your own destiny, of your own life. And what I've been doing very much as, as often as possible within the limits that I'm able to do it is I've been walking more than ever since this started like that's when I got out there and I exercised even more than I did before because I knew I wasn't going to be going on the bus anywhere and walking around as much and I wouldn't have things to do so I had to make things to do so I would have to like walk around the neighborhood walk through Hollywood West Hollywood everywhere and then see people and be connecting with people like on a daily basis or as much as I could on a daily basis um but, like, when we had the heat waves, it was just not going to happen. But <laughs> I'm not an idiot. But, you know, when when the weather permits me to, I do go out and, and try to get as much exercise out there as possible. And to see these people and to show them that 
you shouldn't have to be afraid all the time. Like, I don't ever wear a mask. I don't say don't wear a mask. I just say we shouldn't be told what to do. That's all. It's very simple. It's not political. It's just having the sovereignty over your own existence. <laughs> like, that's yeah. something that we should have as human beings. If there's such a thing as democracy, then we should be able to vote whether we want to give our powers away or not. But we aren't, because yeah. there isn't. Maybe we shouldn't even have to vote. Like, we shouldn't have to. We're, we have a divided country. Like, why should it be a vote? It should be each, each person should have the individual sovereignty that you're talking about. So, I agree. Yes. Otherwise, everyone would have to agree with the vote. Um, one thing I like that you said is modeling behavior for people. I think that's really powerful right now. Like, when all this hit, I was really stressed for the first two or three days, just like everyone. But a lot of people just were really stressed beyond that. I had this deep calm about me. I'm like, wow, I'm in a very unique opportunity to model, uh, you know, calm and the peace and how to, like, have perspective on this and to, you know, see what we can figure out and, you know, let things unfold and kind of hold that space for people. I think that that was hopefully useful to some people, friends, family, and community. I'm sure you've affected some people as well, maybe not, maybe not positively, but... Uh, <laughs> But I just wanted to mention that because I think that's powerful, and, and we all have that power uh, by by making ourselves better and by showing up in the world in the best possible way. We have that power to not only give other people permission to do that too, and then also to inspire and, and show them what's possible. Uh, so that's really cool. I also wanted to mention, you know, I like how you brought up the exercise. So let's, let's move on to our next topic with that. Uh, so moving. You know, moving the body is really important, and walking is just so simple. And really, like, if you do anything, that's probably what you should do, right? Just a simple walk. It gets you out of the house. It gets you that sunlight. Gets you oxygen, oxygenation. Unless you're just obsessed with the mask wearing. So <laughs> um, you don't wear a mask anywhere ever, or only like, the one the time to get the change. And I felt very uncomfortable the whole time, and I was just ready to go home. But. But I did stop by the store just because I had the math, the the covering on, which again, right. the other thing is like, yes, N95 masks, yes, I get that, like that definitely helps. But some of these other things, like if this was real, if this was a real recommendation, like based on science, then a cloth mask would not do the trick, because it doesn't do the trick uh, against the N95 well, respirator. I think it does. It does. It does something. I think what's probably what does the most at the beginning was give people the illusion, much like on an airplane, the illusion of control or that I can do something. And that's what Fauci that's, said. <laughs> and, that, and that's why so many people are getting angry because they're like, look, this is the only thing we can do. And they don't realize that that's why they're getting angry. And then they're also getting angry that it's like, so you're just, it's kind of like by not wearing masks, they assume it's malicious. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's not malicious. It's actually, like you said, protective of our freedoms our right to choose um so it's also I, like yeah the product of propaganda that's how i view these people these people i try to to reason with it as if like they've been exposed to all this information that has warped their thinking in such a way or yeah. you know their critical thinking is not working right now <laughs> they rather well, they've been conditioned a lot of people have been conditioned by social media to be a lot more critical of other people and blaming every everybody else for everything else and 
and canceling people. Like they've they've already set that up. This this system where you look at someone and you judge them immediately and then you're done with them. That's already been set up. So that is the blueprint for what they're going to do now where they're going to have the anti-vax thing come back in and people being um, chastised for that and ostracized by the community. And a more divide and conquer, basically. That's all it ever comes down to is just get everybody riled up and mad at each other so they don't notice the big pharmas making crazy dividends. And so is Amazon and Apple and all these other companies that are embracing the new biometric era. So... Yeah, so yeah. Uh, back to the mask briefly. I do think they, they do have some efficacy. Like they, they do help a bit, but I, I agree that they're not the magic bullet that people think they are. It's kind of naive to think they don't do anything. They're obviously catching a lot of the particles that yeah. leave the mouth. And uh, supposedly it's better if you are sick to have one on. So it's, it's more about like preventing the spread, but you're obviously inhaling stuff. But I think outdoors, if you're wearing a mask, go up and get a takeout coffee or something and you're standing around people five or six feet away you know it's just kind of like you got three layers of extra protection you're outside you got the distance and you got the mask and, and then you also feel like hey i'm doing my part which you know against an invisible en- enemy that you know i know there's there's the dark side to all this but there's that's a, a positive way to look at it is that hey we're we're like doing our best to do what we can uh to try to prevent you know, protect the most vulnerable amongst us while we kind of sort this whole thing out. And then, you know, people are naturally getting bored with it, right? And they're like saying, well, screw it, I want to see my friends, I want to go out and do things. So over the, the last, you know, three, four months, we started to see people just kind of get more relaxed with everything. And I think that's, you know, if we can rely on the, the American consumer to, <laughs> to be, you know, like, to want to do things for selfish reasons, I think that that's a really good retaliation to any uh, any like control being passed down right on us because people are going to rebel if they are forced too long to not get what they want right yes and that's just inherent like they knew that was going to happen they prepared for that and then there's the whole situation where you can't even like criticize these people because of the government like there are government officials that are doing the same thing that are bypassing their own rules that they set in place like Gavin Newsom recently so you know that's gonna present a problem and get people riled up against those people and then you can in turn just you know schedule a curfew for the entire state and be like well I'm doing my part now like I made a mistake and now here I'm gonna like punish everybody else all these other businesses and everything and at the same time they had he had the california medical association like lobbyists at this dinner at french laundry on november 6th and the fact that like they were there and they weren't wearing masks and he was telling us before this like wear a mask in between bites which was insane like nobody else has said anything like that but he said that in his guidelines and got so much backlash for it. But, you know, like, that's the kind of thing. You see that kind of arrogance and that kind of defiance of what you're supposed to be doing. 
and you just get more angry. It's going to get people more angry. And then we had these protests yesterday with the a lot of Trump supporters and some other, I'm sure some other people were mixed in there, but they just mainly focused, the media was the focus, was focusing on the Trump supporters um, in Huntington Beach where they had the curfew um, breaker kind of rally thing, which started at 10.01 p.m. because our curfew is 10 to 5 a.m., and we had curfews before in L.A. for the riots that were happening. Yeah, but most people ignored those. So. Uh, yeah, people do ignore them. And then the L.A. Well, I can't say the, the, yeah. the law abiding people stay home, but the people that don't care ignore them. <laughs> yeah. And then. And that's why it's more than curfews with people that don't want to get mixed, don't want to mix it up. It's like the, <laughs> it's almost like the purge out there. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But, uh, I mean, I live in Hollywood, too, and. Yeah, like, uh, on Sunset, that whole plaza got completely looted and yeah. uh, taken down. It did look like the perch for a little bit there. Uh, I was kind of, like, surrounded on all sides by thousands and thousands of protesters with, like, tanks and military people and all that stuff. And I'm a very empathic person, so, like, the, the vibe and the energy of that was, like, whoa. It's pretty intense. Um, But that's a good, you know, good thing to bring up because those protests were promoted by the media. And these protests that are about everyone, like, being able to do whatever the hell they want within reason, you know, and and not being talked down to by someone who's not following their own rules, that one's being portrayed as something evil. Like, they're killing your grandmother by you going out in these groups of crowds and you know, they're going to get COVID and everything, but they don't say that about the ones, they don't say that about the celebration of the nomin- of uh, the election or the selection of Biden by the mainstream media, which, by the way, those the election results have not been certified yeah, <laughs> not so nationwide. I'm, <laughs> but, I'm, not, I'm not up on this, uh, this curfew in Huntington Beach, so what, what's the, tell me the quick sentence well the the thing there is like that county just like many other counties the sheriffs are not enforcing this curfew at all and i went out last night in hollywood at 10 30 uh to hollywood and highland and highland highland i always say highland but uh i like posted up some some information about gavin newsom and you know as a silent protest because i don't like to protests with other people I think that ruins it (laughs) I think it should be an individual act at this point I've just seen so many protests get co-opted that I'm like nah not gonna do that again and I've been in them before but they haven't gotten co-opted thankfully the ones that I was in but I don't agree with every single thing those people agree like are talking about so it it just gets a little awkward when they're like marching and they're saying things that I'm like well, I don't think democracy actually exists, so I don't know if we can have one. <laughs> like, like this is what democracy looks like. No, it doesn't, because yeah. it doesn't exist, but okay. <laughs> you tell me specifically what the curfew is, because I actually, I don't watch the news, so. It's 10 a.m. Uh, to 5 p.m., to 5, 5 a.m., uh, so it's, like, late evening to early morning. Um, and what, what was the purpose of suggesting having this? Apparently, COVID or? just dies at... At, at a certain time so we have to be aware of it in the evening that's the joke i guess but you know like so the, the point is to kind of like keep 
to slow the spread because they they have so many cases because they're looking at the cases now, and then uh, okay. we don't even know what happened with the flu because there there was one official I don't even know if they were from WHO or wherever, but they said that the flu was basically gone. It disappeared. And I'm like that well, can't yeah, be. No, everyone's getting reclassified. That's pretty obvious. Uh, and in fact, there's some good charts out there showing that people that are dying, uh, all other causes of death have gone way down to make up for that. It's the people that were ready to die are dying from COVID or with COVID as opposed to uh, from the flu or from other, you know, aging related things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely agree with that. So yeah, I, th- I think this whole, you know, it seems stupid to have a, a curfew because how many people are going out and what are they doing after 10 o'clock? Because there's not, nothing to really do. There's no like nightclubs, there's no concerts, there's no bars, there's no restaurants. So a handful of people might be out doing whatever, and they're still going to do that anyway. The kind of people out at that time of night are going to do it anyways, right? I just saw a bunch uh, of homeless people just chilling. Like, that's mainly yeah. who was enjoying themselves. Um, yeah. well, I'm making a ruckus. It doesn't affect me back to that circadian rhythm thing. I like to get to bed early and get up, you know, with the sunrise. But uh, I understand younger people like to get out there and, get kind of stir crazy but uh, there's not a lot to do so my uh, issue with it was mainly about the businesses like this these small businesses these businesses around town are already in danger of like being like disappearing basically so they've just opened up and now all these restrictions are coming in again and you know the outdoor dining and whatnot and and now they're gonna have to like get back to that like get back to the rhythm of what they were doing before and now that they have like delivery still after 10 it doesn't make sense because if the place is open okay so they're still working but nobody yeah. can go to the restaurant and you can't come home from the restaurant without breaking curfew yeah it's, it's just the yeah I, I see what they're trying to do and the numbers have been ridiculous uh, spikes everywhere so which was after the all the celebrations about um, the election situation. So, I mean, yeah. they don't really care when it when it happens. They care afterwards. It's funny, like that that as well, things are happening, as people are gathering, it doesn't really matter if it's for your side. It it just seems so biased to me, the whole situation. And and these politicians, they don't care. He clearly doesn't care. Gavin Newsom, he's hanging out. Oh, and those guys who went to Maui, these people who went to Maui to talk to, like, SoCal Gas and, like, um, all these other guys, PG&E people. Like, they hung out together. They, I think G20 is coming up, the summit. I don't know if they're having it virtually or not. I haven't heard anything. But I wouldn't be surprised if they just met with a bunch of people, including Boris Johnson, for, for frick's sake. Like, who just had another, like, situation where people were, like, getting COVID around him or something. And he was like, oh, I'm going to be in quarantine. So, like, it, it just seems like nobody's taking it. Like, if they're not taking it seriously, how can we as a society, how can we as the people who are being ruled over them take it seriously? And right. Well, that's the essential question of leadership. And so it's, it's a sign of a bad leader to not lead through action. But, you know, realistically, though, the, the, the government has put a plan in place in California, and they're trying to follow that plan. Uh, you know, if you look at the numbers, the numbers have spiked up into, like, 
30, 40, 50 cases per 100,000, and we're in the critical level, the ICUs are starting to rise, and so the plan is that we need to put additional restrictions until those numbers come down. The curfew seems like the dumbest uh, thing to possibly add because people aren't just, like you said, a handful of people going out at night to do nothing isn't how people are getting COVID. <laughs> no. Uh, it's like these gatherings. Um, so I think a better thing to talk about though this you know, some of these local, you know, like Chicago mayors, like canceling Thanksgiving. And oh my gosh! Yes. Oh. But it's like but you can't you can't cancel Thanksgiving because it's 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 an idea and it's something people are going to do anyways, and and they need they need that hope right at this time of year. So people are not going to really honor it. They might have smaller gatherings, uh, which I think is sensible. I mean, if you can keep it under six people, that's probably uh, good, especially people you already see regularly, right? Like if everyone that's in your household, you're already exposed to them, right? And maybe if you uh, bring over another household or something, I think that's reasonable. I think that should be a personal choice. Having 20, 30 people in a small enclosed space, you know, in, indoors for hours is during the spike is not, uh, it's not wise, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so each person has to make that decision for themselves. And it should but be. I, I don't think the government can cancel thanksgiving or christmas it's just it's, it's not it's un-american <laughs> yeah oh my gosh by the way off topic a little bit but like that did you see that tree at the rockefeller center like could that have been the most like ridiculous waste of money like ever because it's not even a real tree like it looks like it's about to die and an owl came out of it apparently and <laughs> They just rolled it out and it fell apart. And I think it's just supposed to be a symbol, obviously, of this year, like falling apart or whatever. I'm not stupid. I, I could have figured that out without the Twitter information about it. But, you know, like just that whole thing made no sense to me because why even have one? Honestly, why would you go kill a tree and then put it here <laughs> for what? Like, what is anyone getting out of this? Who asked for this? Huh? It's a tradition, but yeah, it's sorry, never looked so shit. It's never looked so awful before. Well, that, that and that's sense. for a reason. They did that on purpose. They wanted well, the ugliest tree ever to, sh- to I, represent I, this country. I would, I would disagree with you there. First of all, we have to define who they are. And second of all, like, what, what's, the, what's the benefit of, the of official. that message? But, and also, you can never really prove that. So it's kind of gesture, but... But having the symbol of, of Christmas this time of year does give people hope. And actually, it would seem like that would be better to keep the masses uh, placid by giving them their holidays to distract them and spend money, right? Yeah, so, I think they will do, like, a virtual Christmas situation. I think that's what they're going to do is just make everything as virtual as possible. Because, like, right. I literally saw, like, uh, an ad for one of these, I don't know what it, the place was, but sports some kind of store or whatever with a Santa and the Santa's like behind a plexiglass or some shit. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Hey, at least that might help with the molestation that might occur. I'm just saying like, you know, those Santas can look really creepy sometimes when they're touching these children. So, I mean, maybe they should get that for the Boy Scouts. Maybe if they had that for the Boy Scouts, then we wouldn't be in this situation with them and all of these uh, cases of sexual assault and 
also the Catholic Church, we could have like really cut down on some of those abuses. But I'm just putting it out there. Like that would have been nice before. <laughs> that's that's in jest, obviously, but having a physical barrier it's kind of funny because it, it really brings to light that there's a deep sickness underneath that that is not dealt with in our society emotionally and mentally and with trauma and whatever whoever these molesters are they have deep issues that yeah we're not we're not um, dealt with you know uh, you know growing up and didn't they didn't get the right support or the right education and so it comes out in you know these weird ways uh, so it's a shame um, but yeah yeah I think that a lot of it is conditioning as well and like the media puts out certain messages in, in film and television that certain things are okay and certain things aren't and there's a lot of double standards as well especially with like boys being abused versus girls being abused and that sort of thing so it's interesting. I've, I've been talking about that on the podcast for a while, the pedophilia um, problem that has gotten really, really insane the last couple of years. But, you know, the, it's good that it's being talked about now. Like, I think the more we talk about these taboo subjects, the better than, that we'll be as a society. The more, more healthier we'll be. We will be. And people will feel more inclined to be open about what they experience before they get too deep into their sickness. So I think it could really benefit society if we were able to talk about these things and have more therapy options for people who experience this and had some kind of empathetic view of these people. Like, because a lot of the time, like especially on Twitter and stuff, on social media, then people will immediately judge people who have done really horrible things. And yes, they've done horrible things, but that's not all that they are. And people are capable of fixing those parts of themselves. I, I truly believe that. Um, it may take a very long time, but you know, there's also place, there's, there's, there's a starting point where they think things are okay. And that's based on possibly a cycle of abuse that has happened in their life they've experienced something and they think they have to do it to someone else and then you know hurt people hurt people basically that's what it comes down to so yeah yeah, i think there should be more therapy options for these people suffering from that well this is a good lead in to talk about i mentioned that i do energy healing and one of the things i do is called subconscious empowerment work and I work with people and energetically shift their subconscious beliefs and traumas and stuck emotions and energies that are, are basically stuck in their body's energy field, which is what your subconscious is. Uh, it's amazing the results you can have with this kind of stuff. So a lot of us grow up with childhood attachment trauma. We, we grow up, you know, thinking we're worthless or like, you know, like we do things or doing things wrong because of the way our parents dealt with us or maybe one of us one of them did like I have a narcissistic parent that um, you know my relationship with my dad and that definitely changed the way I you know approached life for a long time um, so anyways using this kind of work you can clear a lot of these negative beliefs clear these traumas and, and just basically free yourself and it's really quick and painless and I've, I've had sessions with people for like an hour and their whole life said like radically changed uh, like you know just everything starts going their way uh, sometimes it takes two or three sessions or a little bit longer but 
you know, you have to work through what you got, what your backlog is, so to speak. Uh, but it's pretty amazing. I think that that would be a great therapeutic option for, for some of these things, uh, PTSD for one, and also people that have like, you know, phobias, fears, and, and just general antisocial things that they're obviously acting out some sort of behavioral pattern, like you said, from, their, from earlier in life, and they need to drop that pattern somehow, you know, and come up with a healthy pattern. And society's not just going to do that for them because it's polluted with the very thing that probably caused it, right? Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so anyways, I wanted to mention that because I think it's a powerful, useful adjunct uh, to all kinds of things, including traditional psychotherapy. I, actually, I'm not a fan of psychotherapy because, um, you know, kind of, you've heard, you've heard the law of attraction, right? It's kind of like you focus, you get what you focus on. If all you do is bitch about your problems for, for an hour, you just recreate those problems each week, right? Yeah. And it's nice to vent and kind of get it off the chest, but it's really not helping you grow or anything. Every once in a while, a person will have a, like, they'll, they'll bring their consciousness to something they're unwilling to see before. And that can be healing, um, but short of that, if you just replay the muck each week, right? You know, like the, the film highlights of all the worst stuff in your life. That's just gonna recreate that and make you feel worse and worse and worse. You know. And I think that's why we see a lot of people go to therapy for decades, and, and they're still going. <laughs> yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy, I think, is, is better because it focuses on changing your thought patterns, and that's one of the first things you want to do so that's kind of a top-down approach where you change your conscious thoughts to change your emotions and your actions as opposed to uh, the subconscious work I do which is why not just change you know the 95 percent below the surface and then you don't have to like do so much work through the conscious which is really hard it's not a very good lever right it's such a small little lever to move all the stuff that's been accumulated through a lifetime so yeah, well, I do therapy myself, but most of the time, my therapist is so weird that I end up just talking about politics and all the shit that's going on, and I get I get to vent about the biometric shit, and then <laughs> Bill Gates and all of that. I just get to vent, which is nice, but it's also like I sometimes talk about my father's, my father and my relationship and my childhood. Like I got into that a little bit. But it was more just sharing stories than like, oh, poor pitiful me, you know, this happened to me then, then it made me like this. Like, I don't do all of that. And I think I've gotten a lot healthier as I changed my point of view and my perspective of things. So like when I used to be very judgmental and very like opinionated, and if someone didn't share my opinion, I'd be like, well, they're trash. <laughs> Or whatever. So I've gone the opposite direction from social media where they've gone to like everybody's trash from being empathetic in the very beginning. So I've learned to be more empathetic in my time, like in the last few years that I've been working on myself by myself a lot of the time. But I had a very special event where I was hit by an Escalade in 2014 while on foot and then on my head and then in the hospital and that was a very traumatic experience for me that changed my my way of dealing with people and i started to become more apathetic apathetic empathetic after that um but after a rough time of 
of depression, which would set in every once in a while. But I was able to look at things differently. And it also helped to be around people who had that kind of mindset where they wouldn't judge right off the bat and they would challenge me. And unfortunately, I've lost that friend who was that kind of anchor for me. But I have learned so much from that experience that I've carried it on into my conversations, even on like Twitter and everything. Like when people want to argue with me or whatever, I'm just like, yeah, no, your points are valid. And I love you and you're great. And, you know, I don't know what you want from this conversation, but I'm not going to give it to you because certain people will be insulting and everything just to get a reaction out of you. And that's always been the case. But if you don't give them that and you give them support and love in return, they don't know what to do because they aren't they aren't used to that response. So I right, like to make the world a better place one person at a time. <laughs> it totally, it totally de-energizes the conversation because they want the drama and you know, the fighting. Uh, and I've done therapy too, so I mean, definitely no judgment on my part. But uh, I understand that there's, there's better tools out there. Uh, for some of the stuff. Depends what you're trying to deal with. Yeah, especially if you have to pay for it. I wouldn't pay for therapy. Like, it's free for me because of Medi-Cal. But, like, if okay. I didn't have to pay for it, I wouldn't pay this dude for this, for what I deal yeah. with. For one, uh, like, I mentioned the Me Too thing, like, happened. And I mentioned an experience that I had, and he kind of, like, laughed it off. And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea to do that to your patient. But okay. Um, yeah, I got my uh, therapist to get really angry at me once about something I got her totally triggered or over something else. I thought it was kind of like it was kind of like watching a slow motion train wreck it's like well wow this is a real person too you know that has real issues yeah oh my uh, gosh I know so much about this guy and he gets so excited over everything that bad that happens to Trump he's like oh my gosh he's going down now I'm like I'm sorry no he's not he's not gonna get impeached and I just feel so bad that I had to be like the bearer of bad news like every time he was like I watched uh, the CNN or whatever and he's going down or whatever and I'm like no he's he's fine it's gonna be nothing's gonna happen <laughs> and then it just it disappeared the whole thing and I was like, well, sorry. He's like, that's how it is. So now the whole thing with the um, the new election chaos crap that's going on is, you know, I, every time I'm just like, it's not that simple. <laughs> Don't get excited because you're going to be disappointed later. Believe me. Because I've been, I've been checking out what's going on for a while. Since maybe 2012, I've been kind of aware of things more so than usual um, in the political realm since that one president that I voted for just really ruined everything and <laughs> for everybody else and then, you know, introduced us to this new one. But, you know, anyway, like, it's just, you get, you get not surprised by things that are happening after a while when you read up on everything that's happening you get too much information and then you're like well anything can happen now like giant meteor is not out of the question at this point there's been like several meteorites in the last few days that have been all over the place in the u.s and i'm like come here baby come here well washington but not here but go to washington take care of business and we'll be on the right track because i think the main issue is term limits and then george George, Giant Meteor can, I named him George, Giant Meteor can help with that. They can help destroy the term limits. You're talking about Congress. Or destroy Congress, yeah. (laughs) 
They can destroy Congress for us and take care of that problem. Yeah, They'll give them the term limit. <laughs> the meteor did hit. Uh, that might do that. Um, so I have a question for you. So, so the deeper you go into some of these rabbit holes and find, the more you find out, do you find that's making you any happier, or do you find it's actionable in any way, or is it just making you miserable? I don't think it makes me miserable to know because I have so much knowledge. Like if I had a little bit of knowledge at a time. But I kind of overwhelm myself with so much knowledge that it's sort of like I'm desensitized to a lot of it. And especially when I think of like the people behind the scenes and what their motives might be. And I try to get in their heads and everything. And I see that they really think that there are a lot of people who are really thinking like, for instance, Bill Gates thinks he's helping the world, thinks he's saving everybody. Like he, nobody thinks they're the villain. That's how I'm trying to look at it. Everybody is the main character and the lead in their own story, and they're the hero. And that is how you view things. You can't view thing as, things as black and white, like this person's evil, this person's not. Like George Soros has good qualities. Everybody has good qualities, but it's just what you do with the bad qualities, you know, and how you reason with that. And and it's just interesting to see. I find it very interesting, and I think that's also fascinating because of the media that I've been exposed to, which shows these anti-hero characters, um, like, for ex example, Breaking Bad, where people do horrible things, but they have good reasons for it, or they can reason with themselves about it, or justify it in so many ways. And it's all about the human condition, ultimately. That's what everything boils down to. We're all human. And we all have different like egos and ids and all of that. So it's dealing with that and your own past and and whatever prejudices you have or whatever. And, you know, I just look at it. I'm very much looking at it from a human perspective. Everything that I look at, I'm seeing, like, what are they doing and why are they doing it? And how can I avoid this happening? Because <laughs> I really don't want to get a quantum dot tattoo of a vaccine. I don't want that, and I don't want, like, a microchip and everything. Like, I don't want us to get to that point where we have accepted so much that we'll accept anything as a society. And if you don't, you'll be banished or whatever, and we'll turn into we or 1984 or whatever dystopic novel you want to say, Brave New World. But, like, that's what I don't want. But I'm looking at history as well and cycles that go throughout history of these things happening like we've seen so many of these pandemics before 2009 swine flu and then the 70s one and i'm just getting more educated about that as well as things move on and the 1918 thing the flu and seeing that things are being done now that were being done then it's not much different it's just a different era but it's going to change later and you know what if I have to adjust to it, I will. Luckily, I was able to, because I got hit by a car again um, in January, I got a settlement right before things really shut down. And I was very scared that I wasn't going to get it before the stay-at-home thing was in effect. But I was able to get it right before, and I was like, phew, <sighs> before they left their office for good. And and so I was very excited about that, and I got enough money to live on for the amount of time that I've been out of work. And then I also was saving money because I knew that there was going to be an economic crash. Because I've I've I'm 
I watch a lot of different things and they know what's going on and the markets and stuff like I I've been aware of what was going on so I was prepared to do that and I have like over 2,500 in cash from you know when my roommate would give me cash for rent I would just save it <laughs> and so it's like hidden and so that's my savings and then I have savings in the in my account as well I have like a money market account ten thousand dollars worth so I have all these safety nets that luckily I don't have to rely on the government for their UBI initiative and the um, the stimulus and all that stuff which is all just you know corporate giveaways and you know disguised as help for the for the poor middle class who only get a smidgen <laughs> of the trillion dollars that they give but um, I've made my yeah. myself able to to withstand withstand is that the right word whatever sustain myself for the time being but there is going to be a point where I'm going to be like I have to go to work again somehow and I'm going to have to find a new career or whatever and I just I'm putting that off as long as possible and doing as much research as possible that I can, that I can do in 24 hours every day and you know not letting it get to me too much because basically when I'm out and about and I I'm not wearing a mask or whatever nobody's ever said anything to me about it nobody's ever made any remark all that anyone can do is just berate you on social media like they don't really do that in real life that's not how people act they're more silent <laughs> I, I think that. that when you're out and about you're on the sidewalk walking and that's probably like you know people can wear their mask if they want but if you tried to go into a grocery store they might oh hell no i don't even bother because like once you do that then you're the story like i don't want to become i'm not like that like i don't want to be an activist about it like there's so many other things to be an activist about but i don't have a problem with people doing it but i even back then like before things got mandated they had like a suggestion and I got basically banned by the security guard because I had like napkin like a napkin on my face and that wasn't good enough and we weren't at that level that we were saying all face coverings or whatever is mandated yeah. so he was just like well you can't come here unless you have a mask on and I was like dude like okay I won't come here again bye <laughs> I'll see you never <laughs> yeah. and he's like no you don't have to go well, no I'm like you just told me I can't be here <laughs> at the beginning they said we don't need masks. So that kind of goes against this whole idea that the masks were planned and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like some sort of nefarious plan. I think it's like, no, you don't need them. And then you know, they kind of like looked at the situation and said, well, this is something that can help reduce some spread. So we might as well uh, do it. And, my feeling know. on that, on that, when you said that, or not feeling, but my, my research tells me that, um, the reasoning that they gave for for not recommending masks was the shortage. So they had to at that point, whether they liked it or not, they had to get people not to do the mask thing. And then they set, saw the reaction when they asked for people to wear masks and they were like, okay, we can use this to our advantage. These people behind the scenes, I don't know, scientific people and like, you know, the people making the most money of the vaccines and everything, the big pharma people, all these people who are telling us what to do, Bill Gates people, like those kind of people 
were like, oh, okay, we're seeing in real time how people are reacting to this. And there was already, um, I don't want to get too much into this, but there's the lockstep program, which was detailed in uh, the 2010 document from Rockefeller Foundation, which is called Strategies for Something Future Technology Thing. I don't know what it's called. But it's like scenarios for a brighter future. Is that bright future? That doesn't make sense. Um, let's see. I'm going to go to the actual thing. Scenarios for the future of technology and international development. And that is available on the Internet Archive. So archive.org, my favorite. And they have a scenario in there where there is a big pandemic in 2012, which would be two years later. So they wanted to do this earlier, I guess. And there was a flu and it caused all these uprisings and whatever because of the authoritarian rule of all these different countries. And people were starting to get really frustrated with having to wear masks and the body temperature checks and all of this and shutdowns all, all over the place. Like all of this stuff is in this document. And they also did the the tabletop exercise event 201 which you've probably heard of um, which was put on by the World Economic Forum which is doing a lot of weird sh stuff lately <laughs> talking about the fourth industrial revolution with Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset but they had uh, on October 18, 2019 they had a tabletop exercise put on by World Economic Forum at Johns Hopkins University in New York, New York and it was also produced by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and was about a novel coronavirus coming from Brazil, going to China and everywhere else. And the Chinese CDC director was there too, George Gao. And they were talking about what they would do, like with the World Bank executives and everything, we're talking about what they would do in this, in this situation. And it ended up like 60 something million people died. And this guy, John Inglesby, Tom Inglesby, Tom Inglesby was talking and he was like, oh, it's just 60 something million people. <laughs> and everybody laughed with him because they're insane. But, you know, like that's way worse than what we have right now. And they, they prepared for that. And they prepared for that in the Crimson Contagion exercise earlier that year um, in October, same month. So, so what's, the, what's, what's your point with all this? Are you saying that? I'm saying that there there was a lot of talk about masks beforehand um, being utilized in the situation well, that would occur. Even the general public is even saying, "Hey, should we be wearing masks?" It's not like you need some like nefarious like tabletop exercise or whatever to to say like, "Well, if we have an airborne pathogen, maybe covering up our face is is that not is, is that a reasonable thing to try?" Maybe sure. It's like that's so I think that's why that came about um, and you know I don't know if these you know you could certainly see it as these things are planning something that's going to be unleashed on the world we can also see it as what are threats to the world that we can plan for and try to respond you know like sensibly have an action plan in place but in that and, way like the DHS is the one who put on um, the Crimson Contagion exercise in October of, of 2019 and so this was the same administration. This is the Trump administration that should have had everything good to go 
in the event of this pandemic. So it just, it's very interesting. And also Dark Winter, they, which they keep mentioning, like Joe Biden has mentioned it, and a couple other people have mentioned Dark Winter, which was the exercise from 2001, which pre precipitated the anthrax attacks and also was about anthrax and was put on by the same people behind the uh, event 201 so there there has been so many have been so many um exercises of this sort that it just doesn't stand to reason that they wouldn't be more prepared in the event of an actual pandemic that this seems like it was planned in t in that they planned not to do it well the handling it well and to blame put the blame on this president which is donald trump and put more fear out into the world and more division out in the, into the world and, and have people attacking each other, which is very helpful for the bottom line, which was to get more money. Like that's what the billionaires have done is gotten way more money during this pandemic than they've ever seen before, like in such a short amount of time. And then destroying small businesses and destroying the middle class, I believe. Um, so well, there are so that, advantages. That, that has an end, that's not a good end game. It's like it, it's like you need you need this whole system in order to support being a billionaire. And if you completely crush everything below you, then it's just going to bite you in the ass at some point. Everyone's going to revolt or or worse. Well, the thing uh, is, they want to be the problem and the solution. So they create the problem. Right. Then, then they reap the benefits, and then they say, "Well, we're going to save you now because you—we're all you have, right? The government is all we have, so we need the stimulus package or whatever." Like they're going to say, "You know what? We screwed up, but you know, trust us this time because we're going to get you out of this, and we're all in this together, and all this stuff." And that's literally what they've done. And then the Great Reset is about like the coming in, of, you know, of all of this technology, AI you know, stuff that's going to make our lives better and, and, you know, keep us from doing too much uh, work and everything and like automation. They're just going to have a new industrial revolution. Everybody's going to be happy in their little dystopia. And, you know, you won't be a billionaire, you won't be a millionaire, but you'll be happy and you'll be a nice little slave. So that's going to be like the new thing that they sell to everyone as freedom, as something like, like you can just, you know, watch TV at this time and that time in these different ways and everything's going to be easier that you're going to do online and 5G and everything is going to be fast and all this stuff like giving them all these distractions and everything and saying you know what you're going to be fine and we're going to live through this but then it's going to be a new era with the same rules the same problems but you know in different ways like there's there's going to be more drama more more trauma, more stress, and more people just losing their livelihoods. And that's going to make them more controlling over, over us in the end. That, that's going to give them more control if we allow... Okay, we're back. Uh, that was interesting timing on that. <laughs> um, yeah. Just cut me off. <laughs> Gave me a warning. All right, government, gotcha. See, I'm right. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> On that note. <laughs> well, let's, let's bring us back around to the power that people can do and help and 
Yeah, yeah. Less fear-mongering, more solutions, which is what this is about. Okay, so what can we do? The fact that we're even talking about, like, worrying about all this stuff is fear-mongering. <laughs> and it kind of spreading, like, spreading that. So, yeah, so what can we do? Um, so we talked about some of the basics, and I'll just kind of recover them again. We talked about vitamin D3, K2 supplementation, zinc. Uh, as far as other supplements go, oregano oil supplements are good for uh, anti- most antivirals. I can't say specifically if they'll treat COVID, but um, you know they're just generally good if you have a viral infection. Nature has good answers to these things. Uh, we talked about sunlight. You know, getting out, getting you know your vitamin D from the sun, getting your air and oxygenization, getting good circadian rhythm. We talked about uh, getting good sleep. You know, getting to bed at a good time. A couple other sleep strategies, um, sleeping in a dark room, uh, having a cooler temperature at night, and, you know, we, we've all heard about blue light from our electronics, mm-hmm. so turning off your electronics, having an hour or two to yourself to kind of unwind at night, or using blue blocking glasses, uh, don't, you know, I like to have no electronics in my uh, room at all, and uh, I put my phone on airplane mode at night, I turn my Wi-Fi router off, like at the wall, I just flip the switch and it just turns off because, you know, why should I be exposed to that all night when I'm not using it? Hmm. Uh, so that all that stuff helps you sleep better. Uh, we talked about exercise, getting, you know, just starting with walking, which is really great. Um, you can also do, you know, some yoga and stretching. There's so many programs online, so you can look into things like yoga and qigong and uh, tai chi, just different stretching and movement things that you can follow along with. And then uh, one thing I bought is uh, called a rebounder. It's like one of these mini trampolines. And NASA says it's actually the single best exercise uh, all around for humans. So you just basically bounce up and down on this trampoline. It's super fun. You mm-hmm. can put like a nice little track on. You can buy one on uh, Amazon or online, have it delivered. It's a little hard to put together. I was actually sore for four days from putting the thing together. It's, uh, you know, it just uses all your muscles to pull the bungee cords over, but once I got it assembled, it's a really great way to exercise at home if you don't have access to, uh, you know, to the gyms anymore right now, and we probably won't until I, I would probably guess next April, my guess, so. Crazy. Uh, a couple of things that, so we talked a bit about social connection, uh, but we didn't really go into it, but we really do need social connection. We need touch, and we need yeah. love and hug, and, and you know, even if you're putting yourself a little bit at risk, I think it's important to have one or two people in your life where you can get that from. So if you see a friend regularly, like taking the safer at home order, stay at home order so seriously to the point where you're so isolated is going to cause other problems. Like, you know, ultimately it'll cause mental illness. Uh, if you have to, you know, if you can't see anyone, even just giving yourself a hug and just Mm-hmm. Stroking your arms or whatever, or your face, and, and just being tender with yourself, I think is really powerful and useful, and people should do that. And obviously, reaching out, you know, over the phone or online, and connecting. Like I've done so many group things, Zoom things, and I call my mom on the phone all the time. And, uh, you know, occasionally I'll meet a small group of two or three people in person, and all those things have really helped me get through this time period. Um, so those are some of the, the big tips I have just for overall health. And then obviously stress management is huge because, you know, so many people are scared, like we're literally scared to breathe. Uh, I think I was listening to one of your other podcasts and 
Betsy was talking about losing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This thing really, this COVID has really threatened all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the fact that the whole thing with George Floyd also was like, I can't breathe. Like, the whole nation, the whole world actually cannot breathe right now. And he was a COVID-related death, allegedly, so... Oh, interesting. That's... So... It all comes back. <laughs> all comes back around. Positive, positive things that have come from this, and I like to look at this as a spiritual awakening of the planet, and also a Mother Earth saying, hey, enough's enough. Like, literally, you guys have to stop trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah. And you have to... And the best way to get... Um, numbed out middle class and numbed out you know, general population that basically spends all their time trying to desensitize and distract themselves is to force them into a situation where they can't uh, do anything. And so for the first three months, people really did some soul searching. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that there's a lot of personal growth and a lot of people had a hard time with it because they just weren't used to shining the light of awareness back on themselves and doing the deep inner work. Unfortunately, it seems like that all got distracted away by, you know, like the political unrest and the, and the you know, uh, the presidential election and all the stuff like, oh, a vaccine's coming, so we don't have to do this work anymore. It's like, no, you still do. Um, the greatest risk to national security, I always said, is if Netflix went out uh, or if we lost internet because then yeah. people would really, really be in trouble. But And that's um, happened a few times. There have been some outages of certain websites, like off and on and people have been very very angry about it they go straight to memes and they just memify the whole thing and then they just assume it's going to come back but what if it didn't what if what if the grid wasn't as secure as you thought it was and that's something that's been brought up before as well and could be a thing to deal with in the future with this new era that we're going into how can you control people (laughs) media Exactly. And why we don't trust them. Like, I don't know what percentage it was that doesn't trust them that I read, but like, it's not a lot. (laughs) It's less than 50%, I believe. So, yeah, like, even over the years, it's become more infotainment than 
than before. Like in the nineties, it was pretty bad, but like it got worse in the two thousands. And now it's like really to that like trash ometer. Like, <laughs> like it's on board with like, it's on the same level as like Jersey Shore was and like freaking Kardashians. Like it's the same oh, thing. Man. It's just different. It's only a little bit different. They, they just have degrees. They just have big fancy degrees. But they did still, yeah. I was watching an election night coverage with ABC, and just the tension they managed to create over nothing happening. Over it's like you're on the edge of your seat because something's happening, but nothing's happening. They're just watching the same numbers over and over and over, and saying the same things over and over and over with this really tense voice. And, and their fancy graphics. They love the little yeah. graphics. It's like it's like a it's like football graphics. You know, like it's like what are we doing? <laughs> Well, yeah, and people people are just sucked in by that. I'm allergic to all that stuff. I just turn it off immediately. Like whenever I visit my parents and they have TVs on every room, I go around turning them off, and they go around turning it back <laughs> on. And no one's in the room watching it. Even I'm like, it's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah, it's the single best thing. Well, that's another thing. So actually, that that probably be my my second top recommendation. One is do not be afraid to get out, get some sunlight, and some air, and uh, get some vitamin D. And the second one is really to, to, to take a, uh, to detox from the media because it's not serving you in yeah. any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, I don't even keep up with the news because anything I need to know about, I find out about somehow. Like, it gets through. Um, but the rest is just noise. And you just shouldn't waste your time or your energy. Um, yeah, wait. Like- right? Yeah, lately, like, even on, like, I am on one social media site, which I mentioned a million times, which is Twitter, which is a a shithole website, as I claim in my bio, but I do get a lot of the, the notices, like, of what's happening, or what they think I care about, and everything in the news, and I'm like, I don't care about that, but okay, and then also, I just don't let it affect me. Like, when I see these headlines that are clearly clickbait, you know, trying to get as much rage as possible in the comments and whatnot, I, I don't give them the rage. I just say, you know, okay, that's that's their headline. That's their article that they don't want me to read because they put a paywall. <laughs> so they're just going to tell me this stuff, and I'm supposed to believe everything they say, because they have some authority, like like LA Times is coming to mind because they're really annoying with that crap. But <laughs> you know, well, like have some simple news, and you, you go New York Times, LA Times. And it's like if I have to pay to just find out just simple headline news of the day. It's I like, know, <laughs> and stuff that like, I already know from KTLA or whatever the heck other you know network there yeah. is. I mean, I already know you're not going to tell me anything I don't know. You're going to give me an opinion. Uh, about what is going on I don't care about your opinion how about that <laughs> like your opinion means nothing to me I'm looking for news not opinions and that's what it is yeah. nowadays is just opinions everywhere no matter where you look it's just everybody has an opinion and they don't yeah. even have op-ed anymore they just put their opinion in everything <laughs> well the fact that you know like I was reading an article on the Atlantic and it's so obvious that it's like a lefty like a super lefty themed news outlet I'm like it's like not even thinly veiled and then like you know so like all these places fox news is always said to be conservative right it's like so it's just people just 
they're just finding the news outlet that tells them what they believe, and then, and then that's it. Confirmation and, bias. Mm-hmm. Yeah, confirmation bias. We all take our beliefs way too freaking seriously, too. Yeah. And it's just like, if we all would just stop, like, you know, believing things and start being and living and experiencing life, focusing mm-hmm. on what unites us and makes us feel good as humans, like, all this stuff that divides us is just the tiniest little, like, edge cases that really don't matter at all. It's just, yeah. put it Central, central stage just to, you know, like you said, kind of like stir everyone up. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and yeah. people gravitate. I've always said that, you know, I think a lot of the political stuff can be solved by pushing it down to the local level. People mm-hmm. gravitate and live around people with similar values, and they can have certain laws that uphold those values. Like, you can have guns in Alabama, and that's fine. Uh, if you live in, you know, San Francisco, you can get married to, you know, someone of the same gender, that's fine. The people there say, yay, no one else cares because you live there because, you know, you're around those people already. So, uh, it's also a lot of the issues. It's like, and that's why we're divided as countries because we have two sets of values and people live in areas that support those values, but they're insisted on the whole countries living with the same values. And that's, that's outside the scope of what people are willing to do because they're contradictory sometimes. Yeah, or, like, there's just a binary choice of, like, you know, you you can be for this or against this, but sometimes there's people in the middle who just don't give a shit <laughs> about whatever issue it is. There's other yeah. people, like, most people probably just don't care that it doesn't really affect them. But they're hot-button issues that are, you know, put out there to divide people, but most of the people just don't, they don't even care about what it is that you're talking about. But you're just speaking to your audience, whatever side, and nobody else. And that's what a lot of people got upset about being not represented at all, like by Hollywood, for example, like all these award award shows. I think a lot of people got, you know, figured out that award shows are just bullshit. And they were like, "Um, well, all these Hollywood people are just like patting themselves on the back like who cares and then they're you know telling us how to live on their little award show and they don't know our lives you know they're just you know on this pedestal and they think that they're the be all end all and and that's what you know would happen and then the ratings would go down they'd be like well all right (laughs) they wouldn't really change anything and they still have the award shows they had award shows during the pandemic and everything like come on like you're telling us not to go out and do this and that and the other but you're gonna have your little friends and your little you know, room with each other, like packed in. And then you pretend to be like separated when it's like on camera or whatever, but you know, they're all like just crowded around each other otherwise, because that's human nature, like to want to be around other people. And that's what they're trying to destroy with, you know, in society is our wanting to be around other people. They want us to avoid each other as much as possible. Okay. Human nature, human nature will not be denied, so I'm not worried because at yeah. some point, like nature always wins. <laughs> it's like that's, we haven't learned anything yet. <laughs> like we're gonna learn that pretty soon. Uh, I have a qu- two questions for you that kind of came up tonight. We're talking about politics a bit. Uh, I somehow got on a, uh, a political text chain. Um, I keep getting you know like text messages about the election, all this stuff. <laughs> I never signed up for it. I keep saying stop. And yeah. it doesn't go away, obviously. It keeps coming from different messages, and it seems like there's no way to literally stop them from spamming my phone. 
Uh, what do you think about that? Is there a way for you to actually get off all these lists? I don't know because there's so many third third party people like that or companies that they buy our information no matter where it is like from like the grocery store or whatever they could get your information and then sell it to some political thing like I don't know how I got on these lists and I get like emails and I'm like I nothing to do with the green party but okay <laughs> like maybe I like cared about them at one point or the democrats even more less so like i mean republican would be out of nowhere but but democrat i'm like no nah, i haven't been caring about the democrats since 2016 but thank you um and then i get like messages but i got a message from somebody addressed to the person who had my original number so i had to be like well she ain't here <laughs> so i get a lot of calls i don't even know who they are but different numbers every day, like for last week or so, like I had like six people in one day calling me. I don't know who they were. They don't leave messages. They just have these phone numbers from wherever. Some just United States. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> but <laughs> like it, it, all this spam is coming out. Like, I don't know why. I just, I guess it's the, we have to live with it and then block people's numbers and stuff. I don't know. And it's really annoying, but that's where we live right now because we can't really control where our information goes because it goes yeah, to Google and, like, and all these other companies, and they just do what they want. Number. You can't block like one number. It's like you have to block. They just keep changing numbers. So exactly. Uh, hopefully, it stops after the election's over. But a lot of them are Trump-related, so they're like, we're still raising money to uh. just do, to stop the stealing of the elections, and people are probably getting it. Oh yeah, people give money to anybody. They the grift is alive. A fool and their money are easily parted. That's what they say. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, so let's wrap up on a, a positive note here again. And I think one message we can all take is that this time is kind of a gift in a way that yeah. you know, we are we are limited in what we can do. But I, I've been using it a hundred percent for like self-development and personal growth and like raise spirituality and I've also been growing my businesses and trying to help as many people as possible and I see a lot of people out there take one of two approaches they do nothing and they watch tv and check out and and sometimes you have to do that just to deal with the trauma of it all but mm -hmm. uh you know at some point you, you can say you know as you said you're, you're thinking about switching careers it's like this is a great opportunity to say you know what I'm going to get the education I need or I start something new and, and just use this time for, for growing and you know even raising our awareness of what's really going on out there so that we can see what's actionable as opposed to just worrying about it all the time. What can we do? And are we willing to step up and, and, and be counted you know, with what, how we want to see our life shape of the future? So. And I think a lot of people are more aware that that doesn't happen at the ballot box. Like you have to be out there on your feet doing something that yeah. benefits the world. It's not going to happen by voting. Unfortunately, that is the case. Like, that should be apparent to anyone at this point that it's it's not going to matter ultimately. You, you don't look like anything different than this other person. You have to make yourself known in various ways. And I think you can do that through, like, blogging or whatever. Like, as long as you're not, like... In negatively impacting society I think you can make a huge difference and then maybe you get a YouTube channel and you like or not YouTube channel like BitChute or whatever the fudge but like one of those 
places where you can like commune with other people of like mind or wake people up to certain abuses that are happening like there's so much going on in the world right now Nigeria and Taiwan freaking China with the Uyghurs and like there's so much to to talk about that doesn't get talked about so much as in the media like it's a COVID COVID all the time you know so it, it would be good to have more people reaching out to other people and saying hey we should look at this and what's happening here and we should do something about it and I think that's a good thing about the protests that have happened this year or whatever all over the place not just here but like globally there have been several protests that have done really well and I think it's good that people are out in the streets and are caring about what their government is doing to them or what rights are being taken away from them finally. Like, finally you're getting active and you're saying, I matter. And that's what it all comes down to, is that we all matter, we should make our voices known, and not back down. That's what it's about. Like, just standing up well, for your own self. On that note, <laughs> it was lovely talking to you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And yeah, I'll link to the website, uh, Habitual Health. And um, that's it, right? Yeah, that's, uh, that's all I have to say. It's great talking to you. And I've got some pretty interesting topics, but uh, hopefully people can take away some positive messages. And, yes. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Positivity. Radiate that positivity. Don't be the negative force in the world. Be something that helps the world not hurts it that's what i think I is very important i love it love it love it love it i'm excited to see what, what's coming up here hopefully it'll be a, a new era of good stuff so, but the, the people have to contribute right so every person has to make a difference yes it matters more than ever what people say and what they do all right well have a good evening and thanks for you too thank you so much thanks for listening <laughs>